You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Well, greetings once again from Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com. It's Friday, May the 31st, 2019, and it's time for your Weekly Wrap-Up. I'm your host, Craig Hemke, and joining us as usual this Friday is number one Toronto Raptor fan, Eric Sprott. Eric, good morning. Hey, Craig. Uh, good morning. A uh, bit of a late night last night with the game starting at 9 o'clock Eastern. Uh, but uh, obviously, to a Raptors fan, it was all very, very worth it. Oh, man. I got to tell you, that took a lot of people by surprise. It's got to be exciting up there. A lot of a lot of basketball fans now? It's crazy exciting up here. That's all I can tell you. It's uh, very, And, of course, they have the whole country behind them because we only have one team. Good point. So uh, it's it's good all over. Oh, that's fun. All right, speaking of fun, we're going to try something fun next week. Uh, we, we get questions for Eric from time to time, so we're going to turn next week's weekly wrap-up into a kind of a Q&A session. Uh, Eric will answer all the questions that get sent in uh, on this, I guess we'll just call it the uh, audience Q&A weekly wrap-up. So please, if you have a question you'd like to run past Eric, we'll try to get to all of them next week. You can send them to this email address, submissions at SprottMoney.com, or you can tweet it uh, at SprottMoney on Twitter or Facebook using the hashtag AskEricSprott, and uh, we'll get to that next Monday. And again, while you're at SprottMoney.com, check out the Deals tab for all kinds of wonderful opportunities, things you can pick up some bullion today, and you want to pick up bullion, this is a time to be added to your stack because we are right on the edge of what's going to be a very interesting back half of 2019. And Eric, it looks like things are turned around here. Gold now above its 50-day moving average, threatening to put a 13 on the front of its price again. How do you feel after uh, a pretty uh, eventful week? Yeah, well, it was pretty uh, pretty interesting how it all played out. And uh, Craig, I'm going to start off with um, an article that uh, was published, I think on, it was on Wednesday, okay? It was on Kitco, and it was by a gentleman named Chris Vermeulen. And I've sort of read his stuff. He's a technical analyst. I've read his stuff from time to time. And my recollection is uh, that he's uh, not been very um, up on uh, or inclined towards owning gold in the last little while, which, of course, is, is an appropriate thing because we went from 1900 down to whatever, 1050. But he wrote an article saying that um, in November of last year, he predicted that gold would bottom somewhere between April 21st and 24th this year, which it did. And he said, it's time to buy right now. This is on Wednesday now, okay? And I'm reading this thing, and I'm like, wow, that's sort of interesting that he would have nailed that thing. And uh, and then uh, the, the predictions for where the price would go, the price in his mind was going to go to 1450 in five to seven weeks. And I thought, wow, what would that do to precious metal stocks if that happened? And then he did say that... Uh, uh, he says, we believe the next price uh, advance will be bigger than the previous wave and like the result of price target in the range above 1650 Wow. And then he goes on to say uh, the next upside price move could target the 21 to 2400 level if it extends into a, what he called a complex advancement wave. And then he says that would mean waves, wave C, which we're now in, could end well above 2100 and that wave E, which would be down the line, 
uh, would target the 5,000 level or much higher. Now, you know, I find those numbers and targets rather interesting, okay? And, and the only reason, well, the reason I say that is, obviously a move even to 2,000 would provide unbelievable returns to people who are invested in shares and or the metals for that matter uh, over the next year. Uh, so I'm in it, obviously, and I care about things like that. And I'm, I'm not a technical guy, but so I'm, I read this on uh, Thursday morning. And well, like, okay, let's go look at the price. I go, oh, gold's up eight bucks today. Wow, that's really interesting. And there's no real new reason for it. Then, of course, I dial it up today. Well, what's it doing today? Well, it's up seven or eight bucks today, and, and the future's over thirteen hundred. Whoa. Maybe this guy's on to something here. Maybe we are beginning something. And, of course, all the reasons for it we've explained before, okay? And, and there's just more and more reasons every day. To me, the biggest reason, by the way, is when you contemplate a world with negative interest rates, which is hard for me to even get my head around, negative interest rates, but you've got to think, you know what, I'd much rather own gold than, than have to pay someone to put my money in a bank. Exactly. And I can't be the only guy thinking that. Right. So... Anyway, that uh, was a very interesting article. It's still available on Kitco for anyone who wants to read it. And can you imagine what you and I are going to be talking about if this thing should play out as he's suggesting? And by the way, it's playing out as he did, was suggesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you and I will be pretty popular guys every, every Friday. Well, that's well, you know, we've had seven. We've had seven years of bad road. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Well, and just as we've survived, and everyone listening to us has survived, like you said, the mining companies that have survived are lean and mean, and ready to roll if that were to happen. Well, there's so many opportunities out there. I mean, I just, I sort of almost salivated thinking, man, some of the things you could buy. And, and by the way, you want to buy. Uh, a high-cost producer when the price of gold is rocking. So, for example, if you buy a guy whose cost of production is 1200 and the price is 1300 he's making $100. If the price goes to 1400 he's making 200 He doubled his profits. Mm -hmm. He doubled his profits. So there's a lot of companies that have um, low-grade deposit, high-cost mining, uh, that would come on to the playing field of value. So that's what you, if it, this plays out the way it, it suggested, that's where you want to be yeah. for the most action. You can get lots of action, for example, at Kirkland Lake Gold because the margins are so crazy anyway. But uh, you want real torque, you look for a, um, a high-cost producer. Exactly. All right, let's, uh, let's kind of come back to uh, present day here for a, a minute, Eric. There's a lot going on here this week. We had announced overnight that uh, President Trump now is thinking about tariffs on Mexico. Uh, the equity markets around the world are plunging. The, the uh, U.S. S&P 500 looks like it's going to open well below its 200-day moving average today. And the bond market is just going bananas. The two-year note yield here in the U.S. now under 2%, which implies the Fed is at least 50 basis points behind. They got to cut Fed funds by 50 basis points just to get the yield curve to be, you know, flat again to slightly yeah. sloping. Uh, we've got a cot report that is extraordinarily bullish for silver. Uh, can you comment on all these different things? Well, it's a lot of things to comment on, but as you know, we've talked many times about certain signs of slowing down. Uh, last week it was the PMIs, housing, autos, 
uh, intentions to spend on capex. Imagine running a company today in the United, based in the United States, and having to make a capex decision. What do you do? I mean, we you, you got fights going on with every country in the world. Uh, your currency strong. Um, interest rates are almost non-existent. I mean, how, how do you decide what to do? You don't even know what might what might broadside you. Like the decision today, not the decision, but the suggestion. They're going to put a tariff on Mexico. I mean, it's just, I don't know how people could possibly make long-run decisions in an environment like that. Uh, you mentioned the COMEX. I mean, it was shocking. Uh, and to go back to that article about maybe Gold's Bottom, and th- then I wake up also on Thursday morning, and they tell you what happened to the open interest on the Wednesday, the Wednesday. It plunged uh, by 60,000, well, actually, net-net, it ended up being 50,000 contracts. It fell by 10% in one day. 10%, and I'm sure it was all the commercials covering shorts. And we're already at almost a, uh, a break-even situation for the commercials in terms of ownership of precious metals, long and short. And I wouldn't be surprised when we get the, com- the uh, commitment of traders today that these um, commercials will have gone long, the two metals, uh, which would imply wonderful things for gold and silver. So the, the commitment of traders' data, the open interest, it's all been very, very favorable for gold. And, uh, of course, the economic backdrop is, is so uncertain that uh, you can certainly understand people wanting to put a little bit of gold in their portfolios. Uh, speaking, of that, speaking of which, we had a couple of central banks this week announce they're going to get into the uh, stacking gold game. And what about this announcement out of Malaysia? That probably caught your yeah, eye, too. It did, for sure. Uh, let's deal with that. Um, the president of Malaysia said that the the Asian countries should have their own currency, and it should be gold-backed. Wow. Uh, by the way, there's more Asians than there are anyone else in the world, okay? <laughs> and collectively, I'm sure their economies are probably bigger than any other trade area. As I, I think last week I commented with the size of the Chinese economy, it's way bigger than the U.S. in my mind. I mean, it's just way bigger. I don't care about the dollars. I care about steel, cars, iron ore, things that are food, stuff like that. So that's a, that's a big, uh, big group. Uh, it would be incredible if we if we actually had a gold backed currency. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that was interesting. The fact that both the Philippines and Serbia's central bank said, "Okay, we're going to buy gold too," adding to the list of all those other countries that are buying gold. And we had a very large number of uh, gold buying in the first quarter. I think the number was something like 145 tons that the World Bank said the central banks bought in the first quarter. Yep. Uh, which is not normally a, that strong a quarter, but it was up, I think, 20% year over year. Uh, so that sort of thing, um, I mean, and you start adding on other banks. I mean, when, when is it funny that the bank who isn't doing it say, uh, why am I the only guy not doing this? You know, and you get this groundswell. Now everyone's going to buy it. So maybe they'll even get Canada to come back in and buy a little bit of gold uh, <laughs> because we don't have any here, okay? Right. Anyway. I'll look forward to that day. (laughs) Uh, Before I get to uh, the two questions that we have this week, just to kind of kick off what we're going to do next week, uh, can you address, I saw a headline this week about Kirkland Lake and some kind of royalty they have to pay or something like that. Can you tell everybody what that is? Yeah, sure. The state of Victoria in Australia uh, announced that they were going to have a 2.75% 
royalty on gold production, which for the most part only affects the Fosterville mine as the biggest producer in that state. Um, and the stock sold off because of it. That was on a Monday. New York was closed. Stock sold down a couple of bucks in Canadian dollars. I would put it this way. Our margins down there are actually pushing 90%, okay, 90 So, fine, they take 2.75, which bothers me deeply, but it's like 3% of our margin. So it's not, it's not a killer move for us. I wouldn't want to be the guy that's uh, producing gold at 1200 and selling it at 1300 and a guy comes along and says, I'm going to take 3% off the top, which would be almost uh, 50 bucks. That, that would hurt. But for, um, for Fossil, with the margins they have, it's, it's not significant. It does bother me, however, that why do they pick on gold companies? You know what? You know who everybody should be picking on? Banks. Yeah. They're the guys that make all the money. Are you kidding me? Banks uh, are the guys that make all the money. Obviously, Kirkland Lake isn't in the isn't lining the pockets of the the right Australian politicians the way the banks are. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, we don't we don't run. In fact, they were, we were blindsided by it. We had no idea about that. So anyway. All right, well, like we said at the beginning of the show, we're going to collect questions all through the week. You can send them to the email address of submissions at SprottMoney.com, or you can use Twitter or Facebook with the hashtag AskEricSprott. Let's just wrap up uh, with a little taste of that with two quick questions this week. Uh, first one comes from a gentleman named Brian, uh, who said he saw you in Sydney, Australia a couple years back, and part of the topic that you discussed was Western Australia, Gold Area, the Pilbara and Novo, but he's also interested in Artemis, which actually yeah. I'm interested in Artemis. I got some of that stuff. It's gone from like 10 cents down to three cents. Yeah. Um, do you know anything about Artemis? Well, I, I don't know a lot. I mean, I'm, I'm actually a shareholder of, based on the Pilbara thing working out. The Pilbara thing has been very slow. It's been very choppy in the sense that when Novo came out with their first uh, assay results, they were spectacular, and then subsequently they've been w- much weaker. Um, and it would appear that, you know, the permitting and the, the money being spent on actual exploration has slowed down dramatically. Artemis is um, a little complicated because they have a, uh, a mill down there that I think actually yeah. will treat nickel ores and a few other things. Uh, I'm not I'm not really intimate with it, but they're they're tied into the whole Pilbara, and the Pilbara, unfortunately for me and many others, has uh, kind of cooled out here because we haven't got the kind of uh, grades that we might have anticipated when the whole thing ran. And you, you can have all the gold in the world, but if it, the grade's too low, you can't mine it. And so, yes, there's lots of gold in Australia in the conglomerates. We don't know how economic it will be to mine it yet. So that's why this stocks have been under pressure. Okay. And then just one last question. This comes from, uh, doesn't have the guy's name on it. Anyway, he's curious about Wallbridge, which you've mentioned before yeah. quite a bit. He says they're continuing to expand their footprint in their Area 51 gold discovery. And now we know why the UFOs were there. Uh, they're looking <laughs> for gold. Uh, anyway, Area 51. Now, I interpreted, this guy interpreted the press release as good news, but the market did not. Do you have any thoughts on yeah. that? Well, I think I've commented on that before. 
the, the, they had two holes that they extended that were in Area 51. Well, first of all, they had two good holes in Area 51 that they announced. Then they extended two previous holes into Area 51, and those holes came out with, I think, something like 0.36 and 0.48 grams of gold, which is not really, doesn't really excite anybody. Right. Uh, but at the same time, they extended the dimensions uh, by two other holes on either end, one on the northwest, one on the southeast, uh, to 700 meters from 400 meters, and both of those holes had um, visible gold, but we don't have the assays yet. Okay, um, so I'm I am hoping that uh, this is going to be very much a um, detour lake lookalike. Detour lake, I think, ultimately had 23 million ounces low grade, just around the gram uh, a ton. Um, and we've had holes well above a gram, and, and then those two holes that were less than a gram. But to get an average out of the gram, it actually is quite mineable, particularly if it's large. So that's the hope that um, we will get uh, other holes released. Hopefully, the visible gold uh, uh, showings will cause the grade to pop up a little. And of course, we can always revert to if we have visible gold. It's normally in a shear zone of some sort, which could also be mined underground. Now. Some of us might prefer the, you know, the 20 million ounce ore body open pit, uh, but they do have the high grade um, starter uh, operation that uh, they they're proving up as we go. And of course, now they're drilling deeper and they're getting some very interesting um, intersections in Area 51. Um, and it's a question of whether there's the it's going to be sort of a a um, high grade underground mine or or a low grade open pit. Time will tell, but I'm obviously very optimistic that we'll have the latter. Well, there you go. And I'm obviously very optimistic that this is going to be some kind of back half of this year. Uh, We are following along just as we did in 2010, and it was in the back half of 2010 as the Fed reversed, started another program of QE and all that stuff. The gold went from 1160 to 1420, which is right along the lines of what you said that Chris fellow Uh, was projecting. So we I'd like 1450, maybe 1650, maybe 21 to 2400, maybe 5000. I think that works for I'll all of us. I'll take them all. Yeah. I'll take them all. <laughs> all right, Eric. Hey, thank you for your time. I hope you have a great weekend. Okay, Craig. You too, man. And from all of us, it's Brought Money News and SproutMoney.com. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend. <laughs>